Hello friends and welcome back to Contractor Evolution. This is your host Benji. Search engine optimization for the uninformed contractor can be a thorny rat's nest full of technical jargon, disappointing results, and shysty marketers who'll not only under-deliver, but hold your website hostage if you ever try to leave. Getting your site ranked higher on Google is something you should be investing in, but it's not something you should bother trying to learn yourself. You've got bigger fish to fry, and the learning curve is super steep to say the least. So working with an agency is likely your best bet. That said, the quality, the professionalism, and even the ethics of digital marketing agencies varies, uh, let's just say, a lot. And while you don't need to know everything, going into a relationship with a third party without at least a baseline understanding of how it works and what questions to ask is a recipe for disaster. Because plugging your business into the wrong SEO person can be not only a waste of time and money, but worse than that, it can do irreparable damage to your online presence and reputation. So today on the show, we're super lucky to have Devin Hayes of Elevation Marketing, a digital agency in Denver who's niched down to serve contractors almost exclusively. Over 80% of their client base are businesses just like yours and they do phenomenal work. Devin is super on point and I learned a ton from this conversation. I also think we found that healthy balance of informative and relevant for you, the entrepreneur, without getting lost down technical rabbit holes. So a few highlights from this conversation. Uh, she gives us the seven questions you need to ask your SEO person or agency before engaging. No joke. These could save you thousands uh, and dozens of headaches on top of that. She gives us a handful of very useful SEO layups, simple things you can do for little to no money that provide an immediate boost to how findable you are online. And lastly, this is super interesting, she drops a truth bomb about the risks of overusing ChatGPT for your website's content. Make sure you listen to that at the very end. So whether you're a total SEO noob or you already know a thing or two, you're gonna get a ton from Devin Hayes. One last thing, if you want to download those seven questions I mentioned, those will be available in the description. Click that link, have a look, print them off. They're yours to keep. You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Okay, we're live. Devin Hayes, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Benji? I'm really good. It's good to see you. I'm excited to have you. I'm going to start with, uh, let's start with an easy one. It seems easy, but it actually might be not that easy. What is SEO? Simplest definition possible. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. So SEO is search engine optimization and in its simplest form, it just means getting found on search engines, um, whether that's Google or Bing or Yahoo. Um, it's just it's getting your business found online for the services you provide and, you know, in the location you provide them. What percentage of traffic is going through like, you know, our friend Tommy Mello always says Google is God. Uh, which is just a fun soundbite is, you know, is that the case? How, what percentage of search engine traffic is going through Google versus Bing versus Yahoo? I know for me, I've never used those other two, but are they factors? Are they, are they something to consider? Is like everything go through Google these days? 
I mean, it's like 96%, I think, is the latest stat on how many searches um, are in Google versus like Bing or Yahoo. So while SEO applies to all search engines, like really, we we work for Google. Google is God and... So yeah, but so actually, <laughs> right. Google is the number yeah Google is the number one search engine, and then YouTube, which is owned by Google, is actually number the two. number two search engine in the world. So yeah, yes. it's we knew that we knew that we're we're learning about uh, content and posting it on YouTube, and I, I was I was shocked to find that out. When you think about it, it makes sense. How many times you're going in to search for a recipe or search for information or whatever on YouTube? It's it's unbelievable. Um, just like in layman's terms, and like I realize this gets like quite technical quite quickly. So let's try to thread the needle between like, like let's teaching people something, but not getting so stuck in the rabbit hole that, that ever we lose them. Like in layman's terms, how does search engine optimization work? Okay. So here's, so in looking at how SEO works, well, it's, well, there's, there's kind of, I guess two different things here. There's how SEO works and then there's kind of how Google works and how SEO works should collaborate with how Google works. So right. If um, so, if you look at how Google works, it has a, a crawler that re, you know it downloads images, text, and video, and it stores it in what's called you know its index or library. Um, and when we search for something, then you know you got a little crawler librarian trying to find all the information it can on that topic as fast as it can, right? Um, and and the way you know it's it does that is it reads your website, so. I'm going to say website, there's, you know, other blogs and, you know, video content, but for the sake of our listeners, contractors, you've got a website, here's how the crawler works within Google. It starts kind of at the top of your website and it starts working its way down from the site. So on the back end of it, think of like a recipe card. There's an old timey recipe card where the ingredients are on the top and then there's what to do in the steps below. Yeah. Um, the ingredients, that's the back half that we as users don't see. And then the, how to do it, you know, that's the thing that is forward facing to us as users. But Google starts with the ingredients and then kind of works its way down um, the page of a website. So the way SEO um, works with Google is, you know, you should be providing um information on your website that you want to be found for and those crawlers are going to crawl your site and then serve them up in the search engine results page you're trying (laughs) it's actually a really good answer you're 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 (laughs) trying to basically optimize the ingredients list on that recipe card to make google's job easier to find you and know know who you are and where you operate and what you're about so that when people go and search on the client facing part of Google, they can serve you up to them a little bit faster, a little bit easier. I know there's a lot more there, but is that like a good sort of baseline definition for what this is about? Yes, exactly. So, you know, the SEO part is imagine if um, you didn't list out the ingredients to that recipe and Google has to like read the instructions before it understands what it's making. SEO is kind of the art of telling Google what you're making before you make it and and using, you know, the, the, the smallest amount of time to kind of deliver the answer to whatever your question might be. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully it's kind of a clear I, analogy. I, I, I love it. getting in the weeds on this stuff. Okay. I okay, think you nailed it. I love to cook and there's nothing more depressing than being at the grocery store with a big, long paragraph of instructions. I'm just tell me what to buy. You know what I mean? I'll yes. figure that stuff out later. So it makes sense to me. I hope it makes sense to the listener. Um, can you make the, okay, make the case for, for, make the case for SEO given this fact over the last 
10 to 15 years, whatever, the marketing world, particularly the digital marketing world has proliferated a ton, meaning there's just like so many different ways to get our message out there, to position our brand in front of our buyers. We've got you know, a massive, massive industry around paid ads now via Instagram, via Facebook, via TikTok, sometimes on YouTube. There's other platforms I didn't mention. There's all things that kind of fit under the content marketing umbrella. And that's like a huge conversation there. You have kind of more old school like tactics, which in a weird way are kind of making a comeback and are extremely relevant still like relationship marketing and driving referrals, direct mail. We just had uh, our winter summit a couple weeks ago and the uh, the guys from Ridge Topic Steers, huge, huge roofing company, north of 50 million last year. They do a huge amount of their lead flow off of direct mail still. So like that yeah. still works for them. You've got door-to-door campaigns, which can be effective depending on your geography and your market. There's email marketing. The list goes on. There's a ton of stuff available to us, right? Can you, you know, make a compelling case for SEO amongst all those other options? Okay, sure. So, um, SEO, I think, is especially it's valuable because it's a long term investment. Right. So this form of marketing is valuable if you have kind of the cash flow to invest over time. If you need the phone to ring right now, um, paid media, direct mail, there's there's better avenues for that. But if you're looking to mix up your marketing, um, SEO is a long-term play, number one. So it kind of takes, it's, it's slow and go. It's good to know that. But the reason why I, I think it's a great investment is because it's something that can't be taken away from you. When you turn off the faucet to paid ads, you're done. You're dried up. You're not getting those right. leads anymore. However, if you do SEO for you know six months or nine months, 12 months, whatever it is, and, and say so you have to stop because, you know, we're looking at a potential, you know, downturn economy here um, in the U.S. And so, you know, say you have to turn off your SEO budget. You don't lose the work that was done previously. It's only going to gain more traction. It's only going to help you grow. So the content pieces, for example, that were written, we have one client, we wrote one blog. And if you broke it down, it probably cost him maybe like two hundred dollars two years ago. That one blog brings in over 26,000 organic visitors a year. Wow. Now, and that's one piece of content for a one time, you know, and we work with him monthly. So there's multiple pieces, right? But just if you break down the numbers, $200 for one piece of blog content that was fully optimized for this electrician, 26,000 people to that one blog for your website. And that can never be taken away from him. He owns that. If he fired us tomorrow, he would continue to see, um, you know, traffic from that and hopefully conversions. And um, so anyway, like I said, SEO can't be taken away from you when you work with an agency that, you know, doesn't take back their content when you write it for them. Mm -hmm. And it can continue performing for you even if you have to stop investing in it. Now, we don't recommend that because SEO changes all the time. But um, as a business owner, like it's it's the best long term play you can make for yourself that, again, no one can take away, um, you know, its effectiveness. And um, when you think of the uh, this, so many different business models and, and, and types, this question is like how SEO friendly is contracting and home services? In other words, you know, are people going to Google to find painters near me, to find roofers near me, to find builders near me with what we do, uh, you know, like business coaching and consulting and system implementation, 
we may be wrong about this. Actually, we could have this conversation offline. Like we 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 decided to go heavy into content, and we have, and it's worked really well for us because the market research we did suggested, hey, people actually aren't googling like system implementation coaches for contractors. You like it's the, just the queries aren't there, so don't bother. Now that may have changed. That may have been bad advice, but we'll see. My question is about like contractors. Are people like is this a is SEO a contractor friendly route? Do you kind of get that question? Totally. Definitely understand it. Um, yes. And the answer is yes. Um, I mean, no, no customer wants to feel stupid. So I think all of us, we don't just take a friend's word for it when they recommend somebody. We, even if we end up going with that contractor, we're still going online. We're still vetting that person out. We're still seeing how many reviews they have. We're looking at their website. Does it, you know, is it updated? Like what kind of information are they sharing? Do they, give me an idea of like a benefit outcome. Like if I go with you, what results can I expect sort of thing? I mean, so we're, so we're vetting them out. And I would say in terms of like our customers finding us that way, um, the con- like contractors in the home services space specifically, there's a higher, you know, search volume for electricians and for plumbers than there is for like roofers and landscapers. So, understanding that, you know, Google trends and how frequently your specific service is searched um, should give you an idea or an expectation to kind of set with your SEO company for how long it will take to move the needle on, um, you know, your SEO efforts. But there's there's definitely a huge market. There's kind of two places uh, people look for contractors like you'll you'll see them right at the top of the search engine results page where it's the map and it's got those three results. And then there's organic results below that. And, you know, a lot of times it's that map pack at the top is gold when you're looking for a landscaper, a, you know, a plumber, roofer. Um, That's what I look at. Google's, yeah, because then you can dive in and look at their website and look at their reviews and kind of get the warm, fuzzy feeling about them. Um, and then, you know, less less popular in this space is scrolling down and seeing the organic results because these major aggregators like Angie's List and Yelp, you see like top 10 roofers or top 10 whatever. And nobody, you know, nobody likes to click on those, which is why consumer behavior, we like those we like those spots right at the top of the map pack. So, um, you know, ranking locally specifically, that's your kind of local SEO work right there is is massively important mm-hmm. in the contractor space. Mm-hmm. Um now, this whole, uh, the implementation of this, the work behind the scenes is obviously highly technical and you, you know, you need to be a true subject matter expert in a field that's constantly changing. And so I think for the sake, like we were, we were like joking offline, there's definitely like a version of this podcast where we could just like put people to sleep. It would be like they, they put yes. it in their AirPod, like as they're going to bed and they're just like sawing logs in five minutes because yeah. we get, cause we get into I, technical jargon. I do that. Yeah, I, I, I tend to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to do that. But I think so. No. We, but here's what I think is really, really interesting because 95, maybe 99% of the contractors out there are not going to be actually doing this SEO work for themselves, they're going to be hiring a third party like you or like someone else to do this for them. Now, I have heard many, many, many horror stories about this. Uh, there's some obviously like some people that do exceptional work and deliver amazing results. And then there's like a, just a whole sea of jokers that unfortunately... Um, a lot of even our BTA members have had, uh, you know, have had a checkered past with, let's say. Um, yeah. so I think that the, 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 
selection and management of the agency that you work with is actually probably a more relevant conversation to have. And you'd mentioned there's kind of like a checklist or a series of questions that you go, that you would ask any agency before employing them to make sure that this is the right fit for you. Number one, but number two, there's also just like some baseline competent stuff and ethical stuff that you kind of want to get, get out of the way up front. And if you don't, you can and will be burned as so many people have before. So can we, let's dive into that, that part of this conversation, which I think is really fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm, I, I want to dive into this. I want contractors to be aware because you're right, like 99% of people, they're not going to do this themselves. It's highly technical. Um, we kind of have a checklist we put together, but like ahead of that, I just want to say like an easy, an easy, like black and white indicator. If an SEO company is asking you for less than a thousand dollars a month, I, uh, you should run the other way because that just means they're going to set something up in the beginning. They're going to probably like push your business information to some online directories each month, maybe, or just do a one-time campaign. And then that's it. And they're not actually touching um, your website every month or your Google business profile every month. So let's just get that out there before I lose anybody and put them to sleep. <laughs> but um, okay. So, but let's dive into what you should ask because we've seen, we just saw a horror story where we had a contractor t turn over a complete website to a company that's a, a website as a service, and they only paid $250 a month right. for a couple of years. And Probably like, thought they got awesome. a smoker of a deal. Yeah. 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 Like, perfect. Stuff's getting posted. Like, this is great. And then and then this, part, our, this contractor was like, all right, cool. We want someone who's going to do all the marketing for us. You've been great. Can we get our website back? And this company, basically, like my analogy is like our, our client gave them a cracker and they put some like cheap cheese was on it and then smushed it up and then gave it back to our client. And we're like, what? We gave you we gave you the files, you know, so it's so and that was, that's what you get for 250 months. So anyway, that's, kind of, you know, that's one of the horror stories. And that's another reason like we have this checklist. So diving into it. The number one question you should ask um, an agency, you know, an SEO agency that you're going to work with or or actually for any marketing service, will I own the assets that you create for me at the end of this? Hmm. So if they are writing blogs for you, if they're writing website content, if they're creating graphics for in videos for your social channels or your YouTube channel. Will you own it? Um, we've seen clients have everything stripped away from them. Their Facebook pages taken away. Um, you know, so owning your digital assets, and that's again, that's like, that's any text, any written copy, your blogs, that's any images, any videos. Um, so, like, just to be clear, the agency is sort of using your assets or the assets you guys have created together as a bargaining chip, and in a way, they're kind of holding them hostage to, I guess, try to keep your account active or dissuade you from going elsewhere? Exactly. Um, and it's, it's just, they're like, well, if you, if you, you know, if you end with us, then you're going to have to start all over. You're going to have to get a new Facebook, Facebook page or a new Google business profile. Um, we've seen those not get turned over. We've seen them use like, you know, spammy methods to get 3000 followers for someone's Facebook page and then hold that page hostage. Um, and this kind of leads into the second point of like, will I own the accounts you create for me? So if they offer to create a Yelp page and a Facebook page, um, and they'll probably use some technical, like all the Google pages, like Google Analytics, Google Search Console, Google Ads. Um, if they offer to create these for you because you don't already have them, 
Um, you have to own those accounts. You have to say, okay, that's fine. You create them, but make me an administrator so that I can own them. Um, so if they, if they have logins yeah. and if they have usernames and passwords to really fundamental parts of this whole mix and you don't, that's a big problem. Yes. Right. Number one, like, how, you know, what if you want to peek in and see what your traffic looks like on your Google Analytics? If, for those of you that don't know, Google Analytics is an easy, free tracking code. Don't be fooled. It takes like 30 seconds to set up and it's free. And that just tells you how your website's performing. Um, you can look at how many visitors did they come from Google? Did they come from Facebook? You know, there's a lot more in there, but that's a top level view. Okay. Um, so having having access to that historical data, you know, especially if you're a newer business, you know, are you are you seasonal? Do you when do you see your spikes? When do you want to prepare for those? Um, you know, I don't know. You want to do direct mail with your SEO campaign. You know, there's just so much you can do with the data there. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, and Google Ads, this one's really important too because if you don't have access to that account, while it's valuable to understand which ads performed the best. Um, your quality score with Google goes down if you have a new account. So if you haven't spent a dollar and you're like, I'll just create a new account, they can keep my old one. Well, your quality score that you worked so hard for that you spent all that money for, now you're back at scratch. You, that was your money. You deserve that account. And there's ways to get it back. And, and we've done that a number of times, but um, you should own those accounts. So making sure that you own the accounts they create for you and you can delegate access, you can give them user rights to it, that's not a problem. But as long as you own any account that an agency creates for you or have administrative access, that's uh, massively important. Cool. Yeah, and then, um, you know, another question that's great to ask is what what specific experience um, an agency has in your industry? So, for example, like home services is a big home services. Contracting is huge. Contracting in general is huge. It's a big umbrella. Um, yeah. It's big, actually not big, really. Big that's not really a niche, is it? There's like sub niches within it. It's sort of a yes. it's sort of a one size fits all term we use. We do it, too, because we just speak to so many different types. But you're you're absolutely yeah. right. It's a massive, massive world. It, it's massive. And why why it's important to work with an agency that's that's lived and worked in that world and has other clients in there. We learn so many lessons about Google's updates and what they're doing because we can cross-reference clients across the country and say, oh my gosh, this is a big one actually, pro tip right here. Um, A lot of uh, companies have like location pages, so they might have a, you know, their actual physical offices in Denver, but they have an office way up north and way down south and they create a location page to target visitors in Colorado Springs or Boulder, wherever it might be. Well, an agency that works with many roofers, we looked at like specifically roofers right now is what we looked at. Those location pages are now de-indexed. So that's no longer working. So you need to pivot. And so anyways, because we were able to cross-reference our own data and take a look at all of our clients within a specific niche, we could identify this problem. Um, and, and another reason is understanding kind of, you know, your business as a whole, how it works, the seasonality, writing content for it, because your SEO company, um, I hope will be writing the content for you because you can't really move the SEO dial without it. Um, and so if you, if, if you have someone who's kind of super green to what you do and they write a piece of content, you're going to spend an hour and a half marking it up to make it relevant and make it make sense. And so you're like, what am I paying these guys for? <laughs> um, it's, it's one thing if they're tweaking like the brand voice and you're like, I, 
I don't want to be the friendly guy. I want to be like the macho, super tough guy. I hope nobody chooses that path, but, um, <laughs> you want to, so you, you should tweak it to match your brand voice, but you shouldn't have to tweak it because the content is like completely off base. So understanding your industry is huge. Um, that's my, that's my opinion. I'm sure, you know, it's subjective if, as it, you know, are all things. But. If you, if someone was, um, if someone was doing meetings with agencies and wanting to go down this path and they said, well, you know, we haven't really worked with contractors before, but we've done some e-com and we worked for a car dealership and they're like basically the same. It's like, eh, they're not like tactically. There's a yeah. whole bunch of nuance between how this business would get marketed locally versus that business. So don't, I guess, you know, an agency is a business too. They have goals that they want to hit. They want to sell you into contracts and agreements just as much as you want to sell your own clients into the same thing. So there's like, don't, don't be duped by that sort of them maybe skating past or glossing over that question. You are looking for actual examples of businesses that resemble yours that they have worked with before. Correct? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And with that, so while you're asking them that, something else to ask them is, okay, great, you you have experience in my industry. Do you have anybody that does what I do in my market? Um, you don't want to work with an agency that already is working with, you know, a, another like plumber in your same market because it's like, who are they going to get to rank number one? Is it going to be you or is it going to be them? That's you a know? conflict so, of interest. Massive conflict of interest. I find it unethical, but they, we've seen it. We see it all the time with these like massive agencies. So and, you're you looking know. for someone with experience. Let's say you're a plumber uh, in Vancouver and you, you know, you want them to have it. You want them to have uh, industry experience, but you need that agency's other plumbers to be in Kelowna or Calgary or Seattle or Portland, you just don't want them to be in the exact same locale. So they've garnered that industry specific experience with businesses that are just kind of a little further away from your home base. Correct? Exactly. Okay. Yes, exactly. That's a really, really good point. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. So yeah, big conflict of interest there. Don't let them. Yeah, you're just cannibalizing your, res like which exactly. client are you going to pick? Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's just dirty. I just, you know. Who are you going to write the better content for? You know, it's just. Yeah, 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 totally. Okay. All right. What else? <laughs> um, okay. So then um, reporting at uh, SEO, because this is one of those like smoke and mirrors, cloak and dagger kind of services. Um, and because it takes a long time to work, right? We tell everybody like nine to 12 months on average um, in this space. You're like, well, what, 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 how do I know that my investment is paying off? So um, there are some key performance indicators here that um, we suggest that you can look at month over month. Um, one of those is uh, that you can easily should trend upward is your organic traffic. How many users to your website are coming in through the organic acquisition channel? Um, you should also see an increase in the number of keywords that you rank for. So these and the things I'm listing off now, um, you know, they're performance indicators. They are measurable, mm -hmm. right? So you can each month um, these these numbers should be increasing. So like I said, organic traffic, your uh, the number of keywords you you rank for, mm -hmm. um, but you know, m more importantly, your ranking. What position are you in for those keywords? And also, actually, I should add a caveat here with those keywords. Um, you want to make sure it's like your service 
plus your location, or maybe like a broader phrase about something really detailed on a service you provide that's going to match like a longer tail search. Um, But any, any keywords that they include in their account, I would have them take out your brand name as a keyword. Because if you should rank for your brand name without an SEO company having to do anything. So those are not dollars well spent. In other words, I mean, not with an SEO company. Those are great for, you know, if you're doing other forms of marketing, um, looking at how much your direct traffic is increasing. That's kind of another term for it because brand brand awareness, you know, you you're looking for brand agnostic keyword phrases. Mm -hmm. So people that have never heard of your company, they're only looking for a service in the areas you serve. That's what you're looking for on that keyword count. Um, so, all right. So I had to back up a second there, but yeah, so your keyword count minus your brand and then your keyword positioning. So, um, moving up the pages, you're not going to go from position 100 to position one in three months. Right. Um, but if you start at position, you know, 94 and then the next month's reporting, you know, you're at 72 and then you take a jump to like 44, you're kind of moving your way up, um, in your rankings to get on, you know, to get a better position. It used, I used to say page one, but now page one, it just changed in December. And if you guys don't know, um, Google rolled out continuous scroll for desktop. So now yes. there's 60 positions are on page one. So, you know, don't fall for the old, well, you're on page one. <laughs> you're 59. Matter. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, I, so like, can I actually just, um, sorry to cut you off, the, uh, just on the organic <laughs> traffic thing, that yeah. so let's be clear about this. Organic traffic means someone has found you via a search engine and clicked onto your site, not someone has been pushed to your site by an ad or an email blast or something else. And I feel like yes. that's one of those things where someone could try to pull the wool over your eyes. Hey, look at all 100%. this traffic on your site. We're doing so well. 70% of that is coming from other campaigns who I'm, you know, perhaps paying other specialists, uh, other agencies or other like, you know, subcontractors to do that for me. You don't try and tr- take credit for all this traffic, which this really great ads campaign is doing for us. That's not SEO. That's something else. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. So you can with Google Analytics again, this is something you can look at. You can see all the new users on your website for any time frame you want. But then there's a little area called acquisition. And acquisition is just the way someone got to your site. So those channels are broken down by organic, um, direct, referral, social media, paid, display, and email. So you can segment your traffic and figure out where it's coming from. So yeah, thank you for highlighting that. So not just how many new users came through to your website, but how many of those users were from your organic traffic um, acquisition channel. While we're talking about that, are there other, are there other kind of, um, maybe call them like vanity metrics or sort of like these sort of like sneaky things that someone might try to show you to just, you know, to sort of pad their numbers to some degree. And if you were uninformed, you might fall for it. Are there other kind of common things that you've seen agencies essentially use to pull the wool over the eyes of their clients? Yeah. So what, so what I've seen a lot is, um, they just send like an, uh, you know, an automatically generated report that has like a ton, ton of graphs and with no explanation, um, which just is really confusing. Um, there, if, if there's, 
in the reporting, what we like to do for our clients is we compare, we do a year over year analysis because if I show you growth from, you know, and say we're, we're meeting in Q3 and I show you this massive growth of, you know, Q2 over Q1, but you're a roofer. Q1 is slow anyway. And so Q2, of course, there's going to be an uptick. So right. what you really want to look for when you're meeting and looking at this reporting is like a year over year analysis. How have I grown from last year at this exact same time? Because seasonality plays a, a major role in um, traffic gains. So you don't, you know, you just, if they're just showing you a specific time frame, like say like, you know, Q1, but they don't, or, or an entire year and they're not comparing it to the year before. Well, how am I performing year over year? Did I improve or am I declining? If we're declining, where, why, how are we pivoting? What's the strategy? Then you can kind of inform yourself instead of just like seeing graphs and charts The the easiest, most simplified um, way to kind of look at that is year over year. Are we growing year over year, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And so... That's a good point. The, the the broader time scale is going to give you much more substantial information than just these quick little blips as a result of seasonality. And I could totally see someone trying to maybe pounce on that and, and again, be like, hey, that's great work we did. It's like, no, nah, it's just like, this is the busy season, dude. Um, yeah. Were there any other, not yet. Were there any other KPIs or should we move on to one of the other questions? There's just a couple others. Um, I would say, you know, your again, your website speed. Um, and I think... You're working with an agency, um, you know, they should be improving your website speed, hopefully month over month, or maybe they just do one big, you know, big push. Um, there are caveats there. We've got a client who they built their website on Wix. And um, and so we've we've since put them on WordPress, but their name servers, technical talk, live on Wix. And we can't we can't we can only take that so far because of the limitations of that platform. So. You know, don't judge them, but it's something it's a great question to ask. Like, how's how's my site performance like, you know, month over month? Are we improving it? Because that's a that's a big ranking factor. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is, um, I would say bounce rate is um, a bounce rate is do they leave your website within 30 seconds or do they click through to a second page? So you could look at page views or bounce rate to see um, the quality of the content that your SEO company is producing, because the goal is to keep them on page to help them convert. So that's you know, that bounce rate that thing, number, that bounce rate yeah. thing, just to clarify, like that is essentially telling you, is that sort of like homepage that they're landing on compelling enough to keep them there? Or is it really boring and dated and look old? And then someone goes, yeah, like this doesn't look like this ain't it. I'm going to go back and search for someone else. Yeah, you can look at that. So in again, Google Analytics, um, there's page exits. So usually the homepage is like you don't want it to be, but you know, a lot of times the homepage is the number one exit page. That's, that's where they're leaving from. They weren't compelled to stay or take a second action. Um, and they didn't, you know, scroll down further. So yeah, that's exactly cool. right. If they just see your page, they're like, ah, lead form at the top of the page. Ah, you don't even know me. What right. are you going to do for me? <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, um, the, when we're talking about reporting, these are essentially the numbers that you should be updated on clearly, concisely, without a whole bunch of esoteric language and fancy graphs and a whole bunch of stuff to try to confuse it. You should be getting this on, like, would you say a monthly cadence more often than that, less often than that? Um, so it depends on like how big or small your agency is. I think for SEO, truly, uh, we do an analysis every quarter. So okay. We have automated reports monthly if you want to look at them, but 
I think most of our contractors are like graphs and stuff that doesn't make sense. I'll wait till the quarterly till we analyze these numbers. You tell me the pros, the cons, and what we're going to do. Because that's, I mean, when we meet with people, that's another, here's another pro tip. If it's all roses and sunshine yeah. when you meet, uh, you know, something ain't right. You you want to see the bad. And, and um, you know, we hate when we see bad, but it forces us to, again, look at the data, tell you what, you know, our assessment is, why we think this happened and how we're pivoting for the following three months to, you know, try and get, you know, an uptick in whatever might have been dipping. But Devin, th- this is this this reporting sort of structure and rhythm is something that should be brought to the table and like demanded from the side of the agency. Like this is something that they should be delivering to you. If you, the contractor saying, Hey, what kind of reporting do I get on this? And the answer is, well, you know, you can, we can touch base whenever you want. You can send me an email. That's, that's a bad answer. Like this is a formal thing that is in the calendar. There's a purpose. There's outcomes for these meetings. It's delivered, uh, exceptionally well and very methodically through time. That's this is just like a good indicator that you're working with a professional, uh, very high quality organization versus one of these maybe fly by nighter shops. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because SEO does change. I mean, it changes, it changes all the time. And so if you just have an agency that's sending you these automated reports that you probably never look at, you know, as a client, like you got to think, well, sure. I see these KPIs. Okay. Say, say they're doing every, you see that you see increases in keywords and you see increases in traffic, but that those are all KPIs. What about um, the quality of the leads? What about your their actual performance? So meeting with your SEO company, you can figure out what your ROI is versus just looking at KPIs, right? Like sure. what it what how is this investment working for me? And when you should it should feel like a partnership. And so when you sit down with them and we say, hey, uh, for here's a great example. Um, one of our electricians that we love. In North Vancouver, there um, we meet with him once a quarter, and Is it Sean? even at our in- yeah, Sean at uh, TCA Electric. Shout out to Sean Tobin if he's listening. Oh my gosh, he's the best. He's the best. Uh, so. You know, a couple years ago, he said, guys, my business focus is now on EV charger installation. I want to dominate for that. And we're like 10-4. Yeah. So that changes our entire content plan. That changes a lot of our, it, it changes how we position him um, in a lot of different ways. And with local SEO on the back end of the website, the things that crawlers see, but you don't, the content that we're producing, what we do on social frequency, like all these things, it changed the competitors were tracking and who were monitoring, you know, so it, yeah. and having that relationship with him and this partnership and not automated reporting, we were able to say, all right, we got to pivot our content strategy and have it match his goals versus, you know, someone that maybe you don't check in with. And if you're not meeting with your SEO agency, they're not helping you yeah. achieve what you want to achieve within your business. So it's a great point, right? Like this is a good, this is a good example of how strategy needs to merge with tactics and like, Sean has a strategy that he's thought about and 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 wants to go and implement and if you're and if he's and if your SEO is just kind of like you know half ass whirring along in the background Broad. without yeah exactly without understanding that there's so much that is unavailable to you uh, and it's not actually serving that that really high level strategy that you want to go execute so it's it's a, it's a great example let's let's uh, move on to one of uh, what are the other questions on this checklist and then I want to get to these SEO layups too this is a really great part but I think there's a couple of yeah. things a little bit more due due diligence you would go through right 
Yeah, a little due, di- due diligence for sure. Um, if, you're, if your SEO company recommends building a new website and you have to go down that rabbit hole, there's just some, some questions in there you want to ask. Um, you just want to make sure it's mobile responsive. Um, you want to make sure that they're, what's your site architecture going to look like? Um, in any SEO company worth their salt uh, should be able to lay out your site map and tell you kind of a strategy for why they have whatever items in the navigation. Um, will they include, you know, the contact forms, a thank you page, which is kind of how you can track conversions in Google Analytics is if they end up on that thank you page. So things like that that you wouldn't know to ask for. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't know, like a difference in like the pitch of a roof. So I wouldn't expect contractors to know to ask, like, are you building a thank you page with my website? Mm-hmm. But that's how they're going to track your goals in Google Analytics. So you want those form fills and those conversions. So um, those are just some things that come to mind. You want to make sure they're putting Google Linux, Google Analytics on there and Google Search Console. Again, not trying to get in the weeds, Google Analytics, that's how users are using their site once they're on there. Mm-hmm. Google Search Console, you can see just how you're performing on the Google Search page if they don't click through to your site. Um, and then kind of the last one, what's your termination clause? Are you gonna Are you gonna ask me for a bunch of money if I decide to leave? Uh, at our agency, we do we have we have a twelve month contract, but that's because we spend a lot of money up front in an <laughs> SEO startup. So we kind of like to have that security that you know you're going to stay with us at least six months. But if you are not happy um, and it's not warm and fuzzy, like for us, we're like cool. We don't like that. We especially like you know kind of a we don't know what's coming up with the economy and maybe your smaller business. We understand we don't ever want to take somebody's money that doesn't enjoy working with us. So just understanding that termination clause and that you're not going to get you know, kind of screwed in the end. Is, is there lots of funny business in these termination clauses or maybe there isn't a termination clause at all. And so then they're kind of making it up at the end. Like what have you seen happen there? We me- we mentioned the, you know, holding assets hostage thing at the beginning, but That's, is there other, is there other stuff that, that kind of goes, goes awry near the closeout of a contract? Yeah, we've seen uh, companies hold websites, entire websites hostage, um, just saying that they own them and all the con. Even though they this um, contractor paid for all the content that was on the website, they were saying it was all theirs. Um, so th- that kind of goes back to owning the, your assets. But um, we've seen like you like a ninety day termination clause, which is like a really long time. That's like a fraction of what it takes for an actual SEO company, you know, to start you those first three months. Yeah. You could have your initial setup done. With somebody else, um, so just just kind of holding you hostage in a in a lot of different ways. So understanding what those ways might be upfront will save you kind of some of um, some of the pain and suffering. Um, really simple question on these, uh, however many it was these these questions from digital assets yeah. to accounts to you know experience with other companies and, and and the rest of them are these things that you want in in writing in some form, especially some of the more like clause ones like is this something that's in the agreement or the contract that you would uh that you would sign off on when you initiate you know that's funny i haven't seen any of the contracts from like a big agency um so i would i would look for that though if it's not in there but definitely if it's part of the initial conversation with an agency um you can ask them if it's in the contract we i mean actually come to think of it, i don't even think it's in ours because that's just not our nature to like hold people hostage, but, um, the, you, I would you're saying these get are it. just like, this is a, these are really, really important conversation points to have. And the decision you make to move forward or not is based on the quality of the answer and your sort of trust level, uh, on, on the answer that you receive from them. 
Yeah, and certainly, like you, I'm sure they would add it to the contract if it wasn't already sure. in there that would state that you would own those assets. But you would kind of want to own them from the, if you can help it from the beginning, have access to it and just kind of avoid. Because see, what we what we see is when clients start asking, they're about to break up with someone, then agencies get squirrely and they're like, oh, they're going to break up with me. Oh, they're going to break up with me. Here it comes. Here it comes. Nope. Nope. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not going to give you your stuff. I'm not. No, I'm not going to give you your totally. favorite sweater. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Holding on yes. to these records. You cannot have them. Yeah. That's funny. Totally. Yeah. Um, that was really, really like a phenomenal sort of list and very thorough, very exhaustive. I feel like that's going to save people uh, headaches, lost sleep, and potentially thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Um, I also wanted to just pick your brain on um, when we are blessed enough to have subject matter experts on, I'm always looking for like low budget upgrades. And so like, you, you, we were talking offline. You're like, oh yeah, there's some SEO layups that are just like total freebies that anyone can do uh, immediately for little to no money that boosts that that findability. So do we want to maybe just rattle those off too at the end here? Yeah, yeah. So um, these are all. I think these are all kind of fo- based on your Google business profile. I think at this juncture, most contractors have one of those and they own that asset. Um, so these layups all. You know, this is all based around your Google business profile because this is um, this is like the key factor in ranking at the top in that little map pack. So what you should do, number one, um, your category. So there's a Google business profile category. Everybody chooses one. Um, Sometimes we see contractors choose five. They're like, oh, I'm a contractor, so I should choose a electrician and subcontractor and general contractor. Cause and they do a electric- bunch of different services. They kind of can't help themselves. Like I do so much. It's yeah. like, no, 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 don't dilute it. Absolutely. That's exactly the problem is that it dilutes the um, effectiveness of your primary category. So check your categories on the back end. If you have more than I, w- I would, I would say two, but if you have more than four or five, like, you got, you got to cut a couple of them off. Like GC is so broad. I mean, mm. are you really like out there, you know, doing these giant government contracts for like $2.5 billion a year? I mean, I, you know, do you want that? Like you really, what's your primary service? Like, what do you want to be found for? So you might be able to do that, but if you're an electrician, stick to electrician and, you know, whatever, you, you know what I mean? Like just yes. narrow it down. So less, I would say two categories at max, maybe three. Um, you might take pride as a business owner. You might take pride in your versatility and your large yes. tool belt and your huge skill set. And you should. We're not knocking yes. that. We're saying in the context of what what makes it easy for Google to find you, just sort of dumping all these services is not a good idea. Absolutely. You you just dilute your author, your authority for your primary service. Okay. So that's number one. Check that. Um Number two, simple layup is posting to your Google business profile every week. Like, I don't care if you're at a job site and you take a picture of material on the ground with your phone and <laughs> upload it to your Google. There's some wood, um, <laughs> some profile. nails. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Look at nails on the ground. Got to pick those up. So obviously you want to be a little bit more uh, poetic with it. But sure. recently, I think everyone's seen um, that Google moved your your editor for your Google business profile into Google itself, right? So now you can click to make edits and upload posts from there. Well, why would they do that? 
They are measuring your engagement, both you and your customers. Why would they make it so much easier for you to access? That's what we're looking at in 2023. So post frequently, post once or twice a week and make sure you do it from a location where you want to continue working because those images are geotagged and um, naturally. So, you know, there's a way to do it if you create an image in Canva, but that's a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, something else, this, this, uh, may sound super cheesy, but, um, there's an FAQ on your Google business profile and you can ask yourself a question and you can answer it yourself. So you don't have to log out and log in as another profile. So you can post a question and then you can also answer it. So make the question something, um, it can be really broad, like, do you do EV charger installation? And then you can answer that question yourself, um, you know, as thoroughly as you can. Hmm. Um, And you can go through and do that for all your FAQs because you have to think of, we've talked about how Google is God and Google is a massive narcissist. So Google is going to scrape its own products before it looks to your website or any other third party website. So the more times you can make yourself an authority on your service, in your location, in as many different areas as possible before Google has to find that information somewhere else, the better off you are. You might have an FAQ on your website, great. Put it on your Google business profile. Right. Um, And then then this is another one that I'm, I'm sad to share because our competitors are not doing it, but we are, so this is what you gotta do. On the back end of your Google business profile, there's an area for services and naturally home services contractors, you fill this out, which is great. But you'll notice that it doesn't appear anywhere on your forward facing Google business profile. Uh-huh. That's only on the back end. It's still being read, so you should still do it. But products are forward facing on that Google search engine results page. So what you're going to want to do is create a product for every service that you provide and add them in reverse order of importance. So the first one you add should be your lowest priority. If you don't want to do repairs, shove repairs is the first product that you add to your profile. And then your most, you know, your top priority, if it's, you know, whatever it might be, if it's EV charger installation, make that the last product that you add to your Google business profile, because that's what's going to be forward facing, because then everything you add after that kind of pushes the products down. Interesting. So, that's like, that's so, so you you actually like uploaded in reverse order because then when it goes to the the the, the public facing, it it displays it in the opposite order. Yeah, it, so it's it, just it displays day, the most recently. Yeah, uh, so it's like it displays the most recently added product. I see. And, okay. And within that product, um, you can write like a six hundred word description. So that's another opportunity for you to tell Google you are the authority, you are the best electrician, you provide this service, and you can talk about where you provide the service. And if you, you know, if you do like repairs and installation for this thing, you can you have six hundred words that Google is going to look at before it even jumps to your website for the exact same information. So that is um, that's like that's gold right there, and it takes some work. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's well worth it. And we've seen it, we've seen it pay off, um, more than a lot of other things cool. that we've done for local SEO lately. So. I, I love this kind of like hacky stuff. That's just like easy to do and creates a result. Uh, was there anything else on this sort of SEO layups list? I mean, this that's huge for local and that's like the most important for home services. But I would say if you could only do like 
one other like massive like SEO thing, it's really your website speed and performance. So um, have your web developer, you know, ask them, how fast is my website? Is there anything we can do? And and just have them take it from there because um, that it's part of core vitals, which is another Google thing. And core vitals is a ranking factor. So the faster the website, the better, because again, you got to think about those crawlers trying to understand um, what your site's about, but um, better yet, they're they're there to provide the best user experience for their searchers. So if cool. they serve you up as number one, but then your website takes eight seconds to load, that's a poor UX, and you're going to get pushed down. Um, you know those those rankings and penalized for having a slow site. Okay, last question for you, Devin. Everyone right now is talking about chat GPT in the context of contracting businesses like the ones we work with. What is a tool like this and all the competitors of it, which are going to come out if you think this is the be all end all, just wait, there's going to be a whole bunch of other things hitting the market that are similar. Um, you know, what, what use cases are, is this really, really good for, for a contractor? And then are there some that could absolutely screw you if you don't know what you're doing? Yes, completely. So let's talk about how um, AI content writers, chat GPT specifically, can really screw over a contractor um, or anybody. So if you if you think that chat GPT can write your, I don't know, website content for you and you're going to do it for free and you're going to save all this money, you are sorely mistaken. Um in our, I'm in an SEO mastermind group and we have people that tested this. And what happened was the content from chat GPT, some of it altered 50%, some of it not altered, some of it altered 20%. What we saw was that every single instance, those websites completely fell off of Google. They saw a 200% drop in traffic overnight. And half of those people in this like test that we did got blacklisted from Google. So that is reason enough to not take a shortcut using chat gpt or any ai content even though you can modify it and you can tweak it you are going to be so sorry that you did that because like google knows google can tell a hundred percent google knows yep and especially because you have to think whatever chat gpt spits out for you if you're thinking like okay uh write me a page about residential roofing in denver how many other roofers are thinking the same thing or how many other plumbers or whatever the service? You're not original. Like you're not the first to do it. Everybody's wanting to take a shortcut now because content marketing is huge, but it takes a lot of time and it's an investment. But you will absolutely lose any ranking that you have. And worse than that is getting like blacklisted. Like if you're page, I don't know, position 10 now, you're going to get kicked to like the back of the bus if they even index your website at all anymore. Interesting. So please... Do not use it for content on your website. What what could now, it be good for? Yeah, so so this is where it's this is where it can be kind of fun, and you can totally take advantage of it. Um, anything internal. So if you have been putting off writing SOPs, enter a query to ChatGPT and ask it. You know, say write me an SOP for I don't know some process, and it will it will spit out an SOP for you. Then you just got to make a couple quick edits that suit your business. And then there's, you know, there's another form, um, another, I guess, kind of type of AI where you can take this script and you can upload it into like this video AI producer and it's going to read, it's going to read your content and turn it into a video for you. So now you have training videos. 
and you don't have to do anything. So yeah, you're you're really you're you're right on about that. The SOP example is a great one. There's quite a heavy lift in writing those that most people don't totally. want to do on a word processor. I love to write. It's not like I'm just like, but lots of people are just like I don't want to spend two. I don't want to spend one hour, let alone five hours or more doing the word crunching in, in Google Docs or Microsoft Word, whatever. You could use this tool to get the bulk of it done and then comb yes. over it with your own human intelligence and say, ah, this isn't exactly how we do it. This we change to this. And it's always so much easier to essentially edit something than go from blank canvas. And that's a really, really interesting use case for it, you think. Absolutely. Because when you're, you know, if you're trying to scale a business, it does, it is a big time suck. And if you can have kind of a standard outline and then pass it off to, you know, I don't know, a production manager and say, can you tweak this? Because if you ask them to write the SOP from scratch, that goes to the back of their desk too. So this is, this is going to help you scale without having to invest like a crazy amount of hours. And, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of an exciting tool. So that's, I mean, that's a very safe way to really use this technology to your advantage. Cool. Thank you. Let's leave it at that. I want to, um, I want to thank you for doing all this. Like I'm pretty confident there'll be some people that want to connect with you and pick your brain and maybe ask a few more questions. Where can people do that? What's the best way for our listeners to reach out, um, to you, Devin? Sure. Um, I think through, I mean, our website is E L E V marketing.com. It's the abbreviation for elevation because people ganked the, the, the long phrase, but E L E V marketing.com. Um, and then you can always find me on LinkedIn too. It's Devin Hayes, Denver, um, D E V O N H A Y E S Denver. Um, and you can find me on there. Always happy to ask questions. We'd like to tell people like, we're your friend in marketing. Like ask us a question. Like we look at contracts all the time that have nothing to do with us just to like help people out. Cause we're definitely not the biggest agency. We don't want to be, but we do want to be the best. And you know your shit. And uh, I really, really appreciate you sharing this with us today. I learned a ton. Um, we will have to have you back. Thank you so much, Devin. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, if you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.